You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. It's that nine to five time feeling This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we're going to break down the G1 Two nine tournament. We're gonna ask ourselves who dare try to kill Roman Reigns, and we're gonna go back and break down Brock smashing Seth time and time again this week on the Band for Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel live. What up, Marks? It's your boy, special guest host. JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell, a.k.a. Jobbing for Beats, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Vice. <laughs> Welcome to another edition from the Band from Ringside podcast. I'm sitting in for your boy, Bill Veggie, currently finishing up his BFR road trip through Italy, Germany, all through the European side of the pond. Safe travels back, Bill, Aaron. Can't wait to see you when you get back. To my right, per usual, AC, two beer, Zach Pullman, assist, advanced Cicerone, two beer, Zach Pullman. Tell me something good, baby. Ah, uh, man, I, I just got off work. That's good. And uh, I'm haggard as fuck because I stayed up too late watching G1. So uh, I am happy to be here. He looks like he's happy to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Say, if you can't was tell that, or not. Was that convincing? It was. I mean, okay, in, in my heart of hearts, it was convincing. Good. I can't say it for anybody else. It was convincing. And I'm back from his hiatus, the one, the only, the mysterious, Lucha Chris LC. Talk to me, baby. I feel good. I'm, I'm a little under the weather again this week. Last week I was out because I was under the weather, but I'm feeling good enough to be here with you fellas uh, this fine Thursday. Um, hey, uh... I'm going to kind of throw a little flashback to the old days. I'm I like ex- flashbacks. I'm excited because we're, uh, we're live on social media. And what's ex- even more exciting about that is we not only are on YouTube like we have been. Talk to them. But we're also live on Twitter again. That's right. So we're going to try to maybe incorporate that again, see how things go. Call it the safety net, if you will. We're going to do this shit until we get it right. Shock City Studios, the place to be. Nice, cool summer afternoon, about 87 degrees. We got Sam Mallamal, Mr. Perfect, man in the boards this week. We're going to talk about a little wrestling, but before that, we're going to pay some bills. I'm sorry. I apologize. I haven't done my part yet. Episode 117? Yeah. Sounds about right. Chapter 3, verse 14. Good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, yeah. share, subscribe, repeat. What's up, Becky? I love you, babe. I'll see you on Saturday. Let's pay some bills. First bill we're going to pay is for Soul Taco, the best Korean-Mexican fusion food that your mouth desires that you need to go get your ass and grab. Many places to go, many places to choose. You can go to the Del Mar Loop down from the crib. Text me. I'll meet you down there. Chesterfield, Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, Champaign, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, two food trucks doing their due diligence on the weekends. Sneak on in to Soul Taco. Tell them that Band from Ringside sent you. Our second sponsor this week is JJ Twigs on 5600 Southampton, part of our Southampton Mafia restaurant, uh, restaurant of inter- yeah, independent restaurant tours. 
I should actually, I'm mad at myself that I should have went there this week because of one Bill's hiatus, but that's okay. Actually, I'd like to, I'd rather go there when he is there and just rub it in his face because that way he can act like he owns the place. They're, probably, they're probably hurting for business since Bill's been out the no country. For, yeah. Well, no, I was getting ready to say, I'm sure uh, Jim Bean is uh, back in stock pretty solidly because God knows between that and his. Uh, Lovely Pinot Grigio. I'm sure he likes to uh, keep them running to either or. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What you need to do, especially on a Sunday, because I'm sure he'll come in kind of uh, looking like, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, a little rough around the edges, if you will. He'll probably be at the bar, especially on a uh, Sunday afternoon once football starts. Fucking jet lag. Okay. And then you can really start messing with him. You ask him about his picks because God knows he'll be betting. And if those picks starting to go south, you can watch him melt down, and that show is for well, free. If he, if he picks football <laughs> like anything, he picks fucking WWE, then he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> free. I'm sorry, for the patio, you could bring the pets, especially on a day like today. Great time to sit outside, have some drinks, bring the kids, kids' menu. It's a family-friendly environment, despite the fact that Bill is there every Sunday. <laughs> 5,600, JJ Twigs, tell him that Bill, just tell him that Bill sent you. And without further ado, let's get this bad boy started. Let's get you our three count. I'm going to kick this bad boy off, and we're going to start with the raw side of the show. Um, a little less... It wasn't as bad as I initially anticipated. It kind of drug up until the third hour where you basically had a mad homicide on our hands where one Brock Lesnar interrupts Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler's match. Decent match, but... I think it, I saw it on Twitter. It's the 23rd time they've wrestled, which is absolutely ridiculous to me. Nonetheless, plenty of more times they've wrestled. I'm sure we've gone over them many, many times. Nonetheless, they're in the middle of a match, decent match. Brock's music hits. Seth turns to look towards Brock, gets nailed with a little sweet chin music, and Brock comes in and proceeds to destroy one Seth Rollins in the ring, out the ring. F5 here, F5 there, you get an F5, there get F5, to the point where one Paul Heyman begs Brock Lesnar off. The F5's on the chair, pretty fucking brutal. I'm not sure if that was blood or not. I'm going to go ahead and take the guess and say, yeah, that's a little internal bleeding. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, that's the takeaway from me from that whole, I guess, uh, segment of whatever you want to call it. Brock destroying Seth is what a lot of people say what should happen because Brock is Brock. He's a legit badass in and in kayfabe style. And non-kayfabe style, Brock is Brock, and I get that. Ultimately, this doesn't change my mind about the match. I don't want to watch it anymore or any less. I know we have predictions next week, so I'll save the prediction for that. My question to you, to Beer Zach Pullman, how do you look at Seth Rollins after getting drug up and down raw on Monday night? Uh, I don't really look at him any differently uh, because Brock's Brock. So, I mean, if it was somebody else like doing it to him, even if it was like, uh, say, uh, Strowman or something who's also like a monster. Um, I would think uh, that it's a little much. Maybe it's because Strowman's more of a rookie 
Like, I don't know. Um, and he's also kind of cooled off a little bit, and he's not as monstrous as he, he once was. But, like, I don't really think any different. Uh, I What is interesting is, I don't know if you guys listened to the investors call uh, last week uh, where Vince is... Um, no, I was busy. You know, I was talking to my chief financial officer. But go ahead. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that stuff's like available. You can listen to it. Uh, it's super interesting because he gets down on when they, he's asked about AEW. He's like, well, he's like, I don't think they're going to have any success over at Turner if uh, they're doing all that blood and gut stuff that they've been doing. And then what do they do like this week? Like they have like Seth Rollins like coughing up blood, which is arguably like more disturbing than like some dude like just getting hit in the chair and like bleeding because like that kind of shit you can make sense but i see somebody coughing blood like if you're at a bus stop and you see somebody like get hit with a bottle or something and it cuts them like you're gonna be like oh shit like how can i help out but if some dude starts like coughing up blood you're like get the fuck away from me (laughs) like you have no idea like what's going on is this guy like got ebola like what is what is happening like that's that's weirder to me so like i don't know that's what i took away is like vince like denouncing the blood and guts like so to speak and then like them doing that no i didn't even think about that uh lc did this spot go too far? I've heard, I shouldn't say I heard, but I read some arguments on Twitter that this spot went one step too far with the chair spot, with dragging him out, throwing him on the scaffold. Did it go too far? I personally don't think so. And look, this this obviously, so that third hour seems to be like back in the day, which it, it didn't really have this same effect, but back in the day when they had Raw as War and then they had Warzone at the end, it's starting to kind of remind me of that. That last hour, they're starting to kind of ramp up the intensity, I guess you could say, towards Fair. the end. I don't care. I Like, I'm the kind of guy that likes to see, first of all, I like to see Ro- or, uh, Brock on TV. Everybody bitched when he didn't, never showed up on TV, and I think he's missed, what, one week since he's been back? Maybe, yeah, I like that, I like that he's on TV all the time. Yeah, and, I was but what's say, funny is he's one. not even champion. No, exactly. Like, so, yeah, once he gets oh, the belt. Well, he's he, out. he took it, but like now he's champion. But like he wasn't champion, right? And, but there was just that big gap where he was champion and wasn't on TV. So yeah, sorry, but, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I just, but I, I love it personally. I thought the intensity there, like I said before, the word intensity is a big deal to me when it comes to wrestling, and especially on Raw and SmackDown when there it lacks for the last however many years now. Um, you know, like you said with with Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman in the beginning and then you know after that third F5 onto the chair he's screaming and pleading with Brock to stop that's a nice touch the but you got to remember if you look back whatever uh, quite a few months ago I think it was either Brock or Braun and Roman they did the same thing with Roman Roman had the blood coming out of his mouth right. and all, so I, who cares man like it's clearly a work yeah it, as long as you know you believe in the work and everything and don't it's still real to me, damn it. But, <laughs> but I, I I ate it up personally. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of Brock Lesnar, especially when he's around. And I'm not a massive fan of Seth Rollins right now. So no, I, no. I like where they're taking this. Whether they take it in the direction of Brock taking the advantage and, and going on to, to take the championship or Seth finally puts a little fire under his ass, you know, or more fire under his ass to get at Brock, like, I don't know. That I, was going to be my next point where, okay, obviously, 
two weeks from now, so we'll tape next week. That'll be the prediction week. And then next, that following week, that Sunday, I believe it's the 11th, will be Survivor, well, not Survivor Series, but SummerSlam. So there's a week for Seth to get, quote-unquote, some get-back. Do you think he gets get-back, number one? And two, how far does Seth Rollins go to get get-back? Dude, I haven't even thought about it. Like, that's the thing. is like, this is not enticing me to, like, see what happens next week or think about what happens at SummerSlam. Uh, this so, did like, this you this asking did, me? No, no. It, you this, asking this, me right now is the first time, like, I've thought about it. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. I'm, look, I've said it on Twitter multiple times. This match or this card that's coming up for SummerSlam, I know they announced a couple more matches. Uh, we'll go get to that in the odds and ends or whatever the case may be. There's one match that I'm actually like, okay, I want to see this match. I'm pretty sure who's going to win, but Kofi, Randy Orton, and that's it. I could care about the other matches. They're just on the card to be on the card as far as I'm like concerned. On paper, it looks pretty good. I mean, on paper, it looks a- good. AJ yeah. Ricochet. Charlotte Trish. Charlotte Trish, you know, that could be good. You know, I feel like Trish, like, as far as legends go, like, she could go pretty good. Uh, But you just also never know what's actually going to be on the card. Like, they're talking, like, this is, like, confirmed but not announced. Like, it's going to be Ziggler Goldberg. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so, like... You know, yeah. It's just you know, what you, you got like no build up. It's like Ziggler keeps mentioning, yeah, he's Goldberg, like but he's mentioned times. Shawn Michaels, he's right, mentioned right. all these other people, right? And uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It it you know it. Their plans change every week. Gucci Christie, does this segment make you want to see this match more or less coming into this segment more? It, because they're at least it's something a little different than what they're usually doing to lead up to a match of this caliber. You know, it, it's not just Seth trying to tell everybody he's going to burn it down. and It just beat his ass, beat the living shit out of him. That way, if you're going to get him the win, at least there's a story being told here. He's not just, you know, his girlfriend's boyfriend right now. He's actually <laughs> in, in a... Uh, an actual story right now with Brock and there's there's something on the line even more than the title you know so that to me I'm more interested because of it than I would have been had they just done something else one word answer if Brock wins who's next two beer Hoobastank Elsie <laughs> Goldberg you said who's next no uh, if Brock wins who's next I really, honestly, I, I like he said a minute ago. I've never thought about it. I would know? love. I'll tell you who I would love it to be. Okay, no, go uh, ahead, Matt Riddle. Oh, dude. Oh, okay. Oh. Fantasy book it. If Ooh. you could have anybody to face Brock next, if he wins, and he wins, Matt and Matt Riddle wins. And we didn't go that far down, nigga. Damn, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> and now lead us bad. to our two count. Let's talk a little uh, New Japan G One. Talk to him, two beer. Yeah, so we've had a few shows since the last time uh, we aired, and uh, yeah, Saturday night, the 27th, this is another uh, night where baseball game ended just in time for me to turn on wrestling at the bar, and we got to do, we got to see Okada Kenta, which was a good match, I mean, Okada is amazing, Uh, Kenta's been, you know, putting up a strong showing, if not like super like inspired, like it's hard hitting, Uh, everything's really good about this, except towards the end there was like one spot where Okada did the tombstone in the camera angle, you could just like, Kenta's head was like 
seven inches like off the yeah. off the mat. That was the, like the only bummer because usually they're like so precise with all that shit. But I mean that that's just like nitpicking. Like this was a good match, like hard hitting. Um, the Sunday show, July twenty eighth. Uh, John Moxley and Naito brought it. They were the main event. Um, was I texting you guys that last night, or was it like a couple days before? I think it was last night. Last night, going into this morning. Well, no, that was two nights ago. Going into last night. Yeah, if you guys can tell, like I got home from work and I was like lit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like watching G One. I'm bad, and I'm like, man, I'm missing this shit, dude. It was. Uh, I had a great time by myself for like a, <laughs> a very long time. You might not want to keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> It's usually whenever I have my best times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Moxley and Naito and um, did a great match. Moxley was, like, mocking Naito's, like, tranquilo, and it was, like, a total perfect clash of styles because Kevin Kelly's so great, and he's, he's like, John Moxley may be the most least tranquilo person, like, on the planet, and so he's mocking the tranquilo and uh, finally gets a hold of Naito, and, uh, you know, they really... You know, just duke it out. Fantastic. Naito gave him a DDT on a chair outside. And then he did like the Anoki, like all, he ran like all the way down the fucking <laughs> ramp, ramp and yeah. like drop kicked him off the chair. Uh, that was really good. Uh, notable match that night, too. Jay White defeated Shingo Takagi, which I thought was a big deal because it was Takagi's third loss uh, since coming to New Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah. What he lost the. Go ahead. I won't really interrupt you. Go ahead. He lost the finals of the Battle of Super Juniors to Will Osprey, and that was his first loss. Uh, his second loss came at the hands of Juice Robinson on the first night of the G1, and then Jay White just handed him a loss, which is fine because Jay White's a former champion and he's a top guy. Like he's like when you're talking New Japan, like even though he's not holding a belt, he is one of the top like four because yeah, like outside of the the big four. Or yeah. if you want to call him one of the big four, that's fine. Ibushi, Jay White, you can kind of, for me, you can kind of switch in one inter- yeah, interchangeably. It should be like, a big deal. Gato's like dude, you know, and yeah. like Gato's like with him and he like yeah. So anyway, that was a that was good. Um Cobb and Taichi actually had a decent match. Uh Ishii and Juice had a good match. Um and then the thirtieth, so we had I don't know it's recency bias or not, but Will Ospreay and Zack Saber Jr. Oh my god, guys! This no, was, was good. This was pure fucking sex. On the <laughs> <laughs> that was good. There's These no guys, question about it. So Will Osprey is like known for his high flying, like you know, like lucha libre kind of style, and he goes in there and does something he never does, which is wrestle a technical wrestling match, and he does it better than almost anyone else on the planet could. Like I would say, Zack Saber Jr., Daniel Bryan, and now I think that. Will Ospreay is the third best technical wrestler I've ever seen because this guy just nails it. Hot take. Dude, this guy, I mean, like, I'm just watching it and I couldn't believe he was keeping up, let alone, like, no, that, shining. And that's, but, and that would, to me, was the interesting part about it because I was thinking to myself, now, now, see, this is where you're walking into the lion's den, literally, you know, being sick, free, Roy, whichever one of them jerk boys kept putting the head in the, <laughs> his head in the, uh, the lion's mouth and, and then acting like, oh, my God, you know, it's a surprise. The lion went lion. Go ahead. Yeah. And then another big part of the story. Uh, so these guys have a phenomenal match. I mean, just back and forth and, oh, my God. And uh, what is really interesting is uh, Zack Sabre goes over Osprey, and now Osprey's out of the tournament. And this dude, like, can't win. 
and Os- and Zack Saber was not going to win because he was two and four, and uh, it just like really goes to show that even though Osprey is, I mean, I've said it, I've been saying it, he's the best wrestler this year. I agree. Had, had the best twenty nineteen of anybody so far, so good, and he's still a junior heavyweight, right? Like, and they're going to beat the junior heavyweight, and it's just really interesting that, I mean, New Japan's great. They are very traditional, and some of that tradition is great. And then sometimes I feel like the the conservatism as far as like just being traditional and, and being slow to change uh, can be hurtful because I think Osprey should have been in the end. He should have been in, in contention this entire tournament. No, I, I understand that, but if there's something to nitpick about, that could be something to nitpick about. But until they decide that they want to move him up and it's going to happen at some point you see the natural evolution he's putting on weight he's not doing the high spots like he was just say a year ago i think he kind of sees the bigger picture and i I feel like i think okada's in the way though so i mean there's something to be said about that too that stable mates plus okada's the man yeah and okay. I, I I think like you said, you know, just just being patient. Like I'm just like again, recency bias, and like I'm upset about it. But like New Japan, like always follows through with the story. Like this will be part of Osprey's overall story. Yeah, but the payoff might be a year, two years down but the line. Be worth but it. yeah, you because we'll go along that journey and. I'll get to mess with you about it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. You remember when you were like, so So to me, it's going to be the big picture, like you said, the long-term booking that when it pays off, you'll be appreciated more. You'll be blubbering like a little baby. Go ahead. I know. Yeah, and, yeah he's 25, so hopefully yeah. he's got 25 yeah. more years in him, but we'll see how he wrestles. I was like, about to say, he should be fine for the next baby, couple of years. baby in wrestling years. No yeah, shit. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that was a good show. You know, Okada and Lancer, uh, Tanahashi and Evil was really good. Um, again, Kevin Kelly just murdered it with the commentary. Like, I'm just sitting there, and maybe yeah. I was maybe I was fucked up, maybe I was <laughs> sentimental, but like, <laughs> dude, dude they, like, did, they did a good job. Yeah, and I did not watch uh, this morning, because I was up until almost four catching up on that, so uh, I see no. that Moxley got his first loss. Moxley did get his first loss. To I kept who? trying to tell you. Yeah, to yeah, who? man, yeah. But see, this is why I kept trying to tell people, because people were like, you know, that guy that I won't men- mention, but you know who I'm talking about, Yano's bitch ass. <laughs> I kept telling people that this is what Yano does. He- I know he's a comedy wrestler. That's what he's for. But that's what he's for. He's there for the upset. Okay, so in one of those times where Moxley is just, you know, floating along, here comes Yano. Boom. Here's your L. He did it to Kenny Omega. I think that was two years ago when he was on his undefeated run. You yep. put him against Yano. <clears throat> boom. Un, you know, undefeated no more. And it wasn't like it was a pin. It was a count-out victory. I know you didn't see it, so I'll just leave it at that. Basically, Yano strikes again. Uh, from there, you had Naito going over Juice Robinson. So that was a big deal because when Moxley loses, everybody that was at four that gets points goes up to six. That would also include Jay White that went over Tai Chi. Um a little weird, but it was, uh, I would just say like this, because once again, I don't want to spoil it because somebody to my right hasn't That's seen no it just deal. yet. Spoil away. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to do it because I want to, I want you to watch it for yourself. Um, I'll just say this. Jay White, I can see why people don't like him. But that's why I like Jay White more because people don't like him. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You had Jeff Cobb going over Shingo. 
So that's another loss that's on Sheen. That's surprising. Yeah, especially when I was... Because I was thinking to myself, okay, Jeff Cobb's going to get another win, but I was thinking that Shingo now, this is where Shingo was going to make his move because he was at six. He was going to beat Jeff Cobb, go to eight, close this gap down on John Moxley so you can kind of go from there. Unfortunately, not the case. And then in the main event, you had uh, Goto actually going over Ishii in the main event. Hard-hitting main event, classic, two tanks, nobody's giving much groom, but it, to, his, to my surprise, once again, I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, if Ishii is going to make some dark horse run, this is where it can start, so he can close this gap to eight points. Can't do it either, so A-block-wise, it is fairly a one, two, three, four, three, four horse race with Evil on the outside. Kind of looking in. You got Okada running the table at 12 points. Kenta at eight. Ubushi at eight. Tanahashi at eight. Then Evil at six. Uh, to round out the rest of the field, all eliminated at this point. You got Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., and Bad Luck Fale. For the record, they all have four points. On the B-block side, this is a mosh pit of second place. Guys, Moxley taking his first loss this week, but he's still leading the block at 10 points. Then you have, let's see if I'm counting this right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys all tied at six points with the tiebreakers mostly going to John Moxley over especially Naito, and make sure I'm seeing this correctly. Jeff Cobb. I don't think he's... Re- Did he wrestle Goto yet? I don't think so. Cobb and Goto. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So he's got some uh, tiebreakers. And he's got Jay White coming up. Obviously, Juice at the end. So just say for this point on, Two Beer, you see what's going on. A, does Okada take the A block? B, who you got on the B block? Uh, I think Okada takes the A block. Does he uh, run the table? I think uh, him and Abushi, I think, are on the last night. They're and coming I think, up. I think Abushi beats him to set up a match. But I think he. I also think that he could go completely undefeated. Uh, and in the B block, I think it's going to be Moxley, uh, just because he's like running the table. And uh, I think that's like a big match. And I don't think Moxley takes it, especially like since he's mostly like you know he's under contract to AEW as well. Uh, maybe if they had a better relationship, but I do think Okada wins the whole thing because a champion has never won and called out his opponent, as far as I believe. And I think Okada has broken all of these records in New Japan, and he is the new ace after Tanahashi. And I think that's one more record that he will break. He will win the G1 as champion. Let me correct myself. I apologize. Shingo Takagi is also at six points, so it's a total train wreck for fighting for second place. Um, I will agree with Okada. I think he does eventually win this. Um, I don't think he runs the table. Um, Ibushi does stand in the way. Um, If he wins early, which is a good possibility because they're – guys that are going to knock each other off on the way. I can see him losing the last match, but that would have to, he would have to lose at least one and Ibushi have obviously have to win to start closing that gap. He's got Sonata evil and Ibushi left. Interesting. And we've uh, seen him in Sonata a couple times. This right. Year, so. Yeah. And I was going to say, I don't see that happening, but evil either. Okay. So, all right. I'm not going to leave that alone. Sonata. I'm sorry. 
Okada wins the A block. B block, I'm going to go with you on the John Moxley call. I was thinking that to begin with. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Naito, Jay White is the last night. Moxley, Juice is definitely the last night. So those four names, I think, are the, the four big names to look out for on the B block side. Uh, Ishii as the dark horse. I've seen a lot of people say that this could be Ishii's time. And in this block, with these names... Weird shit happens, and this is the great part about the a tournament because you just don't know what's going to happen, and that's going to close it out. Let's take it to our three count. Now, I was talking to Lucha Chris before we started taping, and we were trying to decide who is going to take what subject, and I broke down the three possible three counts, and Lucha Chris was very, very... I would say excited about talking about who tried to possibly kill one Roman Reigns. Lucha Chris. Let me take yours. a drink. Let me take a drink of this beer real quick. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> you, you, <laughs> This is gonna get me parched. Okay, no, no, go ahead. Shit. So assuming everyone listening and watching right now. No, let's just assume everybody knows SmackDown. Yeah. It was a fairly decent SmackDown considering yeah. you know prior weeks it was it was fairly entertaining aside from a couple other things but you know that again nitpicking it was a pretty decent show I thought AJ and Kofi was absolutely fucking It was action it was awesome so but they closed the show uh I forget what her name is but she's backstage she's one of the little Charlie Caruso It was Caruso okay and she's she's talking about something or whatever and you see Roman coming down the hallway as she's talking and she, oh speaking of here comes Roman Reigns and I'm I'm going to say it how it happened and then I'm going to tell you how I saw it okay so we see him walking down the hallway which is not something we normally see happen normally they end just of the, walk end in of the, the show this is after AJ and Kofi Kingston close out the, after the main event match after the main event match correct uh, and, and, and at first, I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, they changed the camera angle up a little bit. They're not just having somebody walk on screen. They're wa- you're following them down. And then she starts to scream, watch out, um, to Roman Reigns as he's walking towards her. He looks up <laughs> and, is, and is scared to death. And you see, you know, a scaffolding or whatever that stuff that was built up and a bunch of speakers just um, take uh, at least a half hour to fall down on him. Um, it, missing him, by the way. Fa- missed him. Falls down on him. Everybody's scrambling. Cameraman sets the camera down. So in that case, the cameraman doing that, the urgency was interesting. Um, they at least played it up. Go right. Um, as they're like screaming for his life, I thought it was a fuck up because Roman is literally just casually sliding out from underneath of it and just sitting there no problem i thought maybe the camera angle was wrong and they fucked it up um and he gets up and he's fine and he's like no no everything's good and then they put the little stamp on and the show was fucking over now let me tell you how i saw it go ahead shit on it it was walking he's walking down the hallway and as she says speaking of roman reigns you see the shadow of this shit falling before he notices it or she notices it. Then she screams, watch out. And he looks up, and that shit is falling. And he, like, jumped, stood there. It kept falling. Then it finally kind of hits him. <laughs> it reminded me not only of uh, um, mm. Austin Powers when they're on that big machine in the hallway. <laughs> 
and he's like screaming for his life, hoping they wouldn't run him over. And then they pan out, and the thing's like a fucking mile away from him. Not only that, so he reacted to this thing falling on him before, oh, like everyone saw it falling, including him. <laughs> And then I find out... This guy's supposed to be one of the best athletes in the world. Oh, my God. And then I find out that it was fucking pre-taped. It was a pre-taped segment that they ended the show with, which means they had time. It wasn't live. They had time to reshoot something better, and and, and then they kept playing it over and over as if we didn't see the shit that the stuff landed on so it would avoid him. Like... This was the most awfully executed segment I have seen, and that's saying a lot considering WWE's main roster fucks all kinds of shit up creatively. What the fuck are we supposed to take out of that? And then, okay, so uh, who did who done it? There's a lot of questions on who did it. A lot of people are saying that they're hoping that it was a uh, uh, um, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Braun Strowman, Braun- Joe. I personally, like, you know, I'm thinking in WWE terms, they ended Raw with Joe and Roman. Right. And a little feud thing. And if they were going to do Drew that, McIntyre. just leave it there. Then, well, yeah. So I say Joe. Everybody else disagrees just because Joe's going to lose no matter what. They're not right. going to. But then maybe, you know. That's the, what Joe's there for. He's the Murray he's un- job in any way. The Murray under the mask thinks that maybe they could finally start trying to use Joe in, in a positive light and beat the shit out of Roman. Hopefully now they will because this. I don't necessarily blame, blame Roman at how fucking awful that ending segment was. But no, that was not his fault. It, but it kind of was. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what do you want him to do? I mean, it'd be different. It'd be different if it was actually happening. Man, it, <sighs> Roman Reigns clearly is not a great actor. Okay, Man. but I will agree. Tell that to the Rock and and all those people in that new. I'll have uh, to watch Hobbs and Shaw yeah. before I uh, before I judge. Ooh, ah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> AC two beers Zach Pullman. Thoughts on? Uh, did you see the segment? There you go. Let's start with that. Yeah. yeah what did you think? It was dumb. <laughs> uh, Goddamn right. And you know this is not a excuse. Maybe Caleb just Braxton, like, by the way. Oh, it was Caleb Braxton. Braxton. Thank yeah. You Twitter. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Twitter. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about Caleb Braxton. Um, you were thinking about Caruso. You mean? He, he can't he get it. Clearly, yeah, I was gonna say, clearly he can't get his uh, brute My racially ambiguous, like, hot chicks, <laughs> like, like, backstage, like, racially ambiguous hot chicks, like, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, treat them all yeah, equally. Yeah, That's part yeah, of the yeah. segment, no matter who it was. Okay, go ahead. So Keep, anyway, go ahead and finish shitting on it. Yeah, like, uh, it, it just sucked, but um, I was just gonna say, it's not an excuse uh, or anything, but uh, apparently they were rewriting this show as the show was on. Again. Again. This week, even though during that investors call, Vince said that uh, they would not be doing this because it w- Bischoff and Heyman are around and it will allow him to not be in the weeds, as he said. So, uh, but yeah, so they're rewriting the show. And I mean, that's Nitro shit. They did that shit on Nitro. Well, and look who's in charge of fucking SmackDown. Yeah. The one who's out of touch out of the two, in my opinion. But yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's uh Friend of the show. It has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Bischoff, but yeah. goddamn. Yeah. But. <laughs> I can see he's going to come back on this sometime soon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, go, no, go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. It didn't do anything to garner interest. You know what I mean? Like, uh, overall, the show is, like, pretty good. Like, yeah. as far as, like, uh, SmackDown's, like, go. Like, um, I agree. Built towards SummerSlam. I really like the Randy Kofi stuff. 
Uh, that, they're that, actually that segment was that 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 video package was pretty fucking. Yeah, they're awesome. like doing a callback and like actually doing some like long term storytelling kind of you know even though All it's kind of retroactive. But anyway, right? Uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck who pushed it on him. Like I just don't ever want to see that shit again. Agreed. Like whenever Kane did it to Braun, that was kind of cool because it was like especially because Heyman was reacting to it, right? Or Brock it was like Kane, Brock, and Braun maybe that was like set up for the Rumble, I guess. But yeah, Sounds he, right, he like yeah. killed them both. And uh, Heyman was, like, selling it, like, oh, my God, this guy's dead, you know? And, like, that whole thing where, like, Roman just shook it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, didn't hurt him. There was no consequences. Like, it looked like shit. Like, it was who, an accident. Yeah, who fucking cared? It just fell, guys. Yeah. Nobody tried to kill Roman. Yeah, here's the culprit, OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to agree with the, uh, the panel on this. For WWE, I expect so much more. These motherfuckers tried to win an Emmy. It was pre-taped. They wanted an Emmy. I'd rather see the fucking Shockmaster bow through a fucking wall. (laughs) That at least had some, you know, something to it. Like, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, man. Shockmaster. Jesus. I, I agree. Bad all the way around. This reeks of just last minute, let's try to get Roman his match it's Roman Reigns. You can just announce the match. You can just announce the match. The rumor match is Daniel Bryan. So (sighs) Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. That'd be a good match. It'd be a good match. Is this a good way to build this match? No, not at all. No. And and it probably wasn't him. He probably had Rowan do it because he's too small to push all that. Okay. So that being said, I agree with that, Tully. If you want to use the line of thought, connect the dots, whatever words you want to use in the sentence. But the bottom line is, this was poorly executed. This is WWE. I expect a little more from WWE. And this is just not me just doing my quote-unquote usual bashing. You know, I had some guy call me (laughs) out and he's like, this account only bashes WWE. Like, man, look. I love that that white person voice. Sorry, I I looked at his picture. He's white. It was so good. I'm just saying it was Great, great one. It was really, okay. It was way better than mine. I mean, it, he's like, you know, this, this guy wait, matches WWE. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> you, you took your 30 seconds out your life to say that shit. You could have just took that same 30 seconds, hit that unfollow, turn that Joker white, keep it stepping. So, <laughs> so just just so I can say it out loud, because I meant to remember it to say it out loud. Go ahead. And so on Twitter, and I think on Facebook too, at BFR Lucha Chris. Um, Nice. I said, and and this does it made my head hurt after I wrote it, which is why I ended it the way I did. But I said I literally saw the shadow of that thing falling before the close up of it falling, and Roman reacting to it twice before it fell. What the fuck did I just say? It's because they have eighty camera shots, like and like cuts. Like I swear, like dude, Kevin Dunn. Like we talk oh, about Vince here. McMahon. Dude. Kevin Dunn needs to go before Vince. I completely agree. I totally agree. Mm. All right. So now that Richard Chris shoot that shot, Roman be fucking over. He'd be selling T-shirts. No, he'd actually be dead. (laughs) Get him out of here. Okay. YouTube banged up. That's your segue. (laughs) Go check it out. Go subscribe, and I'll wrap it up for our three counts. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton. Uh, Southampton and Marquette are second part of our Southampton 
independent chain of restaurant tours. Go check my boy Mike out. He's got the Smash Burgers waiting for you. Kids menu, same way as, uh, excuse me, JJ Twigs. Limited hours, though. That's always the thing that I would always stress to people because I know myself, I have Sundays and Mondays off. Unfortunately, they are closed both days. They are open from Wednesday to Saturday. Go to their uh, website, uh, fnbeatery.com, all one word. Go to their Facebook page, subscribe, or I'm sorry, like their Facebook page. That way, when you see their specials, their closing of hours, because I'm thinking about fall is creeping around the corner. We're going to have NFL coming up here in a little bit. Weather's going to start getting bad here in a few months and people who can't get drive because Mother Nature is going to have her way with the greater St. Louis metropolitan area. So, like I said, like that Facebook page. That way you can be ahead of anybody that is going to want steak and eggs. I saw steak and eggs last week as a a daily special. Mm. Okay, that's the importance of liking that page. So that way. I'm smarter than you because if I know I have to go to work at 3.30, I can swing by F&B Eatery at 2, bang up some steak and eggs, and be at work by 3 o'clock, ready to rumble. Go check my boy out. F&B Eatery, 3453 Southampton, telling that JCB sent you. This is banned from ringside. All right. Um, let's talk a little AEW for a little bit. I want to get away from WWE for 30 seconds. Thank God. Uh, they, <laughs> see, you ain't right. <laughs> Obviously, we have a... Date set for AEW, October 2nd. They're going to play in the Capitol Center. I believe that is where the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wizards play. So that is about 20,000, give or take. Pretty ambitious for opening night. Probably going to be able to sell out. Time will tell. A couple of matches that have been announced. Um, You're going to have Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes in the first match Ever on TV for AEW. Lucha Chris, thoughts on the first match? Hey, I mean, honestly, at this point, you know, obviously Cody's doing matches that are just helping get the product over. He's not really putting himself in a position to be too overpowering or anything. He, he's he's in his lane, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about seeing that match. Had an argument on a podcast I was doing the other night about Cody versus Triple H. Is Cody the new Triple H? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, but, I mean, in, 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 in the aspect of what Triple H does now, he's a little bit more similar than it would have been Triple H years ago. But, no, I think Cody's just being Cody. We're going to have the Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Y2J and a mystery tag team. Listening to Bully Ray on Busted Open, he dropped a hint that it was going to be a tag team, a traditional tag team. Your guess of who this tag team would be, AC Two Beers, Zach Pullman. Uh, I've been thinking about this for sure because, I mean... You definitely could uh, do uh, Pinton Phoenix again, and it would be like a banger match. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think since they said mystery, I think it is going to be a surprise. I don't know when Revival's contracts are up, but we're—I mean—we're coming soon. Oh, yeah, and they got a ninety-day non-compete. I guess if they want to get the rest of their money, I think they can. I think they can break that non-compete, but then they won't get paid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, that would be phenomenal. 
Um, LAX is an option. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it though. Like I, I have no idea. Um, which is great. That's the that's better. That is. Yeah, I, I was going to say I I have no idea, and that's what the the great part about it is. The revival is the rumor that I hear, especially um, because of what they've been. Yeah, it, saying on uh, yeah, social but, media. Only problem with that is they troll though. <clears throat> oh which, yeah. yeah. For sure. So you don't, you just don't know, but that's that's the great part about it. Mm-hmm. My only problem is is now we're we're getting to a point where I don't want to be taking too many of the WWE guys that are jumping ship for whatever reason. I think you take some on, but I don't think you want to take too many because I don't want this roster being bloated this early on. You're going to have the... Revival's a safe bet, though. It, it is. No, 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 without question. I'm You know I'm a Revival guy, but... It's been a rumor for a long time, time too. So, yeah, yeah. They, they would get a, a chance to do their work, their good work in AEW. I don't care what anybody says. Revival's uh, the little shit. Little Easter egg, Cody at the uh, Double or Nothing when he got out. Remember him and Brandy pulled up in like a, his brand new truck? If you watch Being the Elite, like he's got like this really nice truck that he just bought. Right. And um, like they got out and he was drinking a s- Starbucks. And in place of the name, like where it would have said Cody, it said FTR. Huh. Yeah. Well, and apparently, yeah, interesting. It's yeah. just a rumor, but I saw all over Twitter either this morning or last night that when, and it's probably a rumor that they folded up the contract Vince offered them into an airplane and threw it at his face. I don't know how much I believe of That's, that, um, but it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine that Vince hands it to him personally. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Say that. That's why you got lackeys to do that thing. AEW women's title, the first ever women's champion, will be crowned on that sep- I'm sorry, that October second show. Lucha Chris, if you had it your way, pins in your hand. Who is the first women's champion for AEW? To be honest with you, man, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not as familiar with their with their talent in AEW because I wasn't really as familiar with where they came from before then. Um, awesome Kong could be a, a, a big one. I don't think it'll be her because she's more of a, a, a big match player. I don't know that she'll be champion right away. She's kind of a chaser. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. Brandy Rhodes could be a possibility. Would you be upset if Brandy Rhodes became the first AEW champion? Two beer. Uh, yeah, just because I just don't think it's a good idea. I wouldn't be like personally mad and get like fucking worked, yeah. like you know, some fucking internet neck beard, like I am. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't get like all fucking like super mad about it. Like, I would just be like upset because like guys, guys, like that's not a good idea. <laughs> Kylie Ray would be pretty sweet though even though I don't think it'll happen it would be pretty yeah, cool I mean you could go one of two ways either you have like Awesome Kong do it and uh, uh, Babyface Chase right you know but I feel like they're gonna have Jericho win and have a Babyface Chase exactly so I feel like maybe you just like have uh, like Dr. Britt Baker like go she's the Babyface she's talented and you know work it out Ricochet versus AJ Styles set for SummerSlam. Thoughts on A, the match to set up on Raw, and B, rematch on Ricochet and AJ Styles. Gucci Chris. Um, <clears throat> one more time. Thoughts on AJ Ricochet. Oh, okay. Uh, dude, it's going to be an awesome match. I mean, they've not had a bad match so far leading into this. Depending on how where they go from here with it, it's a whole nother story. I I don't see Ricochet taking the title back just yet. 
because of the way they just set up with the tag titles and all that, they've got everything. I don't think they're going to take it from them yet. The OC is a horrible name. It's not great. Did you pop when you found out that Rey Mysterio got unmasked by Andrade on Raw? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> Took his mask off. They kind of showed his face a little you just, bit. I just found out, and no, that was that was. I did not pop. That was my legit reaction to finding out, and <laughs> yeah, that, and, uh, and that was not very good. He wrestled without a, he wrestled without a mask on for fucking years. WCW. Oh, Bischoff. Huh. Maria becomes the new twenty four seven champion after Mike Kanellis in a scramble steals the twenty four seven title away, runs off, goes to celebrate in the locker room, and then one Maria Kanellis demands he lays down. She puts his foot on him, gets the ref over. One, two, three. You have a new pregnant twenty four seven women's champion. I ask of you, two beers, Zach Pullman. Who's beating Maria? Dude. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, you gotta, it's gonna be something stupid. Like, fucking, like, R Truth dresses up as her gynecologist or something. But <laughs> I, I, I just wanna say, I have no understanding of how this is supposed to get Mike Canellis over. They just signed that dude to a new, brand new, lucrative contract, and he is the biggest fucking geek in WWE history. <laughs> so, so bad. No, 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 no. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, would did you, would you have a problem if a man pinned Maria for the title? No, because a man, one of the two people I would like to see it do it. Who is it? One is Mike Canellis. I want to see him take it back and 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 kind of you know give her the whole. I'm I'm a man. The other one would be uh, Maverick's wife. I'm gonna jump back because I, I missed this. Uh, the OC, Jesus Christ, Gallows and Anderson win the tag team titles in a uh, triple threat match. What's up, Bill? With the Usos <laughs> and the Revival. Thoughts on the OC as the new tag team champions? Two beers, Zach Pullman. I mean, I'm glad that they put them with AJ. You know, it's recycling something that worked, and it's good to see them together. Uh, the name sucks. Uh, it's like such an obvious "we're better than you." Uh, you know, it's a play on the Bullet Club, which is arguably one of the greatest stables in modern like wrestling history. Uh, OC will not go down under that. No. <laughs> Natty, Becky attacks Natalie. Natty, Natty gets some get back. Are you excited for a possible submission match at SummerSlam? LC, talk to me. No. Pretty solid. I like that. (laughs) Drew versus KO kicks off SmackDown on Tuesday night. Another loss for Drew McIntyre. Two-part questions going both ways. A, do you think that KO has a possibility to lose at SummerSlam, thus getting kicked off forever? And B, how concerned are you about Drew McIntyre? A, does KO get kicked off? Do you think there's a possibility? No. How concerned are you for Drew McIntyre? I mean, for somebody that they feel like they're hot on and they want to protect, he gets beaten a lot. Concerned for KO? Uh, no, although if the brand, the brand split was still a thing, they could do what they did in the old school and he could quit, you know, SmackDown and just get hired on Raw, but that's obviously not the case. I don't think there's any, any, I don't think it's going to happen. No. 
Bailey got, speaking of get back, Bailey and Ember Moon. Ember Moon not only eats the pin, but then gets Bailey to Bailey to finish the segment. Do you, obviously they have a match, a title match coming up at SummerSlam. Is, do you think this is the best way to use the time to get this match over? Two beers, Zach Pullman. It's always like the opposite of logic. Like, it just makes perfect sense like traditional stuff works on occasion and just have the challenger beat the fucking champion in a non-title match and then it gets you excited that they might do it again don't have the champion beat the challenger why would they even have a match after that they're not worth it they don't deserve it on monday night you had alexa bliss fading injury to get out of her match versus becky lynch and then replacing her you had nikki cross who ate the pin on tuesday night you had alexa bliss taking the pin in this tag team match do you have a problem with alexa bliss's booking at this point lc uh yes and no like it just, you know since she's been back she's been you know at least in the spotlight again so i'm, I'm with that but i you know she's nothing to do isn't exciting i will i, I do have to say though that match on raw that half and half the first half was actually a pretty fucking decent match once nikki went in and they and they did that whole part of it it kind of lost its steam that first half of the match was actually pretty decent but no i mean bliss is bliss and she's gonna be fine go on do thumbs up thumbs down charlotte versus trish thumbs up thumbs down two beer uh, thumbs up lc it was a thumbs down until honestly I saw the King's Court segment and it wasn't it was actually better than I expected so yeah sure why not she's not Charlotte's not doing anything else right now I'm okay with it I guess it's yeah. about saying I'm thumbs up I guess better than it could be better than it could be but it we needed to build this up a little more I agree. but that's another story for another time we had a Twitter question presented to us by one Michael Wallace Seals go check my boy out follow him at Wallace Seals 17. He says that Becky and Seth are the most overrated wrestlers currently on the Raw roster. Most overrated male and female wrestler on the roster. Go. Dude stole my thunder. You asked me before the show to come up with a with a fucking <laughs> most overrated male and female, and I'm like, oh, I got the perfect ones. I'm gonna get so much heat. Everybody's gonna be so mad. It's Seth and fucking Becky, and then damn, damn, Mike Wallace. <laughs> okay, uh, at BFR. But you're right, dude. At BFR Zach Algor Case Layers at BFR JCP. Hey, let me tell you real quick why. Just very very quickly. Go ahead, go ahead. And you touched on it a minute ago because right now Seth is the man's man. Uh, before that, he was the Beast Slayer. Uh, before that, he was the King Slayer and the Architect. And he's he's always just whatever he's next to. Like, he has no personality of his own. Oh, yeah. Dude's a good worker. I have no idea if he'd succeed in Japan like Moxley. I never would have thought Moxley was as good as he was. You might think that Seth would be better than he is if he went there. I have no idea. But I feel like... He, he doesn't have his own personality. He's a chameleon. And, yeah, and whereas Becky has tons of personality, super over personality-wise, uh, but in the ring, she's like the weakest of the four horsewomen. So. Most overrated, male, female. Uh, most overrated male, The Miz. But I will say Seth also, it's just, it's unfortunate because I love Seth, but he's also super un- overrated. And female, um, you know, unfortunately, as much as I love her and was hoping there was going to be a lot of good behind it, Becky Lynch. I'm going to take 
uh, Roma Reigns, sorry, not sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That... Uh, female side. Uh, Jesus Christ, I just, I had it. Uh, Alexa Bliss, because just Ooh. the booking is just absolutely shit. Tay, two more thoughts and let's get up out of here. Nakamura. Both so good looking. And that's another story for another time. Nakamura loses to Ali after beating him for the title at the week, uh, week of at uh, Smackville. Ali Nakamura looks like a thing. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, you give him more than two minutes and I'd fucking love to see it. Like I didn't watch Smackville. I like, didn't. It was three matches. So who who's cares? gonna who's gonna fucking watch house shows on the fucking network? Sorry if you did. I mean, like spend right. your time how you want. I'm not judging you, but yeah, goddamn, not not for me. Uh, last thought: uh, Finn and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt once again makes an impact. Cost Finn another title match, or not another title, but 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 basically a match against one Dolph Ziggler. Dude, thoughts on. Bray Wyatt. Pour it the fuck on me and pour it the fuck on everyone. Dude, Bray Wyatt right now, in my opinion, <laughs> is the most well-executed thing that they have done in 10 years. Just going to put that out there. As okay. long as Michael Cole stops saying, The Fiend! Oh, Michael Cole! Most overrated person in WWE ever. That's hot takes, ladies and gentlemen. Sam, I am. A little music, if you please. Traveling on out of here. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. For another edition of the Band from Ringside podcast. R.I.P. R.I.P. Harley Race. I want to go check that out. Starcade 83. For Sam the Mauler Ball. Check. For Lucha Chris. Check, check. For AC Two Beers Zach Pullman. Check. For Shock City Studios. Check. Happy 10th anniversary. Check. For uh, JJ Twigs. Check. For Soul Taco. Check. For Schlafly Pale Ale. Check. For my baby, Becky Balboa, I'll see you on Saturday. Check. And for your boy, JCB, holla at me. Boo the hills, boo. Of course, unless that heel is me.